and welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and today we have a very special episode with a very special guest to me, uh, Miss Rachel D'Alto, who is the author of Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere. Um, but before, Rachel was a big shot author, helping us all demystify the art of connecting <laughs> to other humans and being less awkward. <laughs> and more authentic. Um, she's one of my phone a friend lifelines, which is I think her most prestigious credit. Um, but she's also a relationship expert on shows like um, Married at First Sight and Kate Plus Date. And you've probably seen her all over on Access Hollywood and, and different shows giving her wise, wise relationship advice. And I have been just so blessed to have her um, at my beck and call as I navigate my own <laughs> waters of connecting. Welcome, Rachel. It is exciting to have you on the podcast. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and listen, just, just so everybody knows, it goes both ways. We are mutual <laughs> lifelines and we just have different support methods. So exactly. it has been mutually beneficial of a relationship for quite many years now. So yeah, it's been, it's a, been while. a while. And actually speaking of like authenticity and vulnerability, and I know we'll probably get into this um, because one of the subjects I want to talk to you about, and I'm jumping out of my nicely ordered questions here, <laughs> but it just came to my head um, is, is making friends because I think one of the things I see with my clients so much, because most of my clients are going through this kind of like consciousness awakening and shifting and so much is changing in their lives and stuff as they're doing that. Um, they struggle to find community and friendships. And it's, you know, our story of how we became friends is, you know, it's we had a matchmaker. Of, we had a matchmaker. <laughs> we had a matchmaker, but it also took I think a bit of both of us feeling, being willing to be vulnerable and putting ourselves out there. And I, me and Rachel had a mutual friend um, who had been telling us in different ways, like, I don't know, but you guys need to connect. I don't know if you're going to work together or whatever, but I really just think you guys would love each other. And so we were on each other's radars, but like nothing really ever happened. And then she ended up being in Santa Monica and like a crazy stalker. I saw on Instagram that she was at like my local juice bar. And I was like, oh my God, she's at my local juice bar. I have to DM her and be like, hey, not to be weird, but you're at my local juice bar. If you're around the hood, like let's meet each other. And that was all it took. History. It was the best history. We fell in love at Creation Cafe over some green. I think I was probably it was probably my like eighth like anti hangover green juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great because I, I honestly don't remember exactly what in. I, I think there is there is uh, such a thing. It's definitely like just friend chemistry that just hits it off. But I think I remember both of us really being very open and authentic like from the get-go just joking around about I think I I shared some sort of spiritual experience with you off the get-go and oh, we got weird yeah we got, we got weird, weird like really fast and then sort of like <laughs> we're gonna be friends forever <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much was that yeah I think it's really hard for people to do that sometimes but I I also know it is that like friend chemistry where we knew 
like I just knew like you were stuck with me and I could be as weird as I wanted to be and I was like she's not going anywhere yeah same here it was like you I found like a tribeswoman or whatnot I was like okay we get each other we're from the same planet or whatever you know I I can tell her I can tell her what my like you know my my quote-unquote weird things are um but anyway I love that I love that story because one, I think so many people are searching for connection and searching for friendship. Um, and especially you talk about this a lot in the book, kind of this dance between the virtual and the in-person and how, and it's so, I love it in the book, Rachel gives all these, you know, tidbits and factoids about how really different in-person connection is from virtual connection. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Because I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, it's just, it's a very interesting thing because obviously we never thought about how remote we were already. You know, everything was all social media and we're super quote unquote connected, but we're not actually connecting and everything's on this surface level. And, you know, the psychology behind it is just, it's so much more impactful when you're in person. It's so much more impactful when you can actually feel the energy of somebody. It's so much more impactful when you can look into someone's eyes and the dance is different of conversations. And everybody knows this at this point, like we have had a crash course, you know, we're on zoom right now, but you know, nobody was really doing a whole lot of video talking before this happened. And we all know it's not the same. So it's just, I, I think we, we kind of put a bandaid on like a gushing wound. That's a really fun visual for everybody right now, <laughs> but that's, but we had to, cause we had to do something, you know, I think if we hadn't done anything, then people would have felt so isolated even more so than we already do. But I think this is why everybody, I was talking to somebody the other day, they're like, I threw a party and I thought like, you know, 50% of people would come because that's the typical response rate. And it was like 90% of people wanted to go because they are craving that connection. It doesn't mean that we're not having anxiety about it as well, but it means that like we want, we know that in-person matters the most. And that's where I think we need to get offline as much as possible and get in front of people. Because just like you were saying about us, we knew who each other were. We followed each other on Instagram. We got a vibe. Like I kind of felt like I knew who you were, but until we sat down in person and were able to talk and like have a conversation and hug each other and, and, oh my gosh. And I stole Patricia Moreno's flip-flops at that lunch. That just came out to me. I was like, my flip-flops, my Javiana's broke and she gave me flip-flops. I think they're still upstairs. Uh, It's like seven years ago. But until you're able to do that and be in person, does it take it to that next level? And it's the same thing like online dating. You know, it's all these same principles of, yeah, we can connect and we can create these relationships, but they're like starters. It's like, yep. they're like baby relationships. And if you want something real, you got to get, you got to get in person. Yeah, for sure. And I was, I was really shocked also to see how many people experience social anxiety. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, like the there's a chapter in the book that's pretty much talking about how like you're not alone. And I thought that was, you know, really reassuring and comforting in a way because I'm the perfect person to interview you about this because I am such an awkward turtle, which is something that most people that know my online persona would not guess. I think you could guess that I'm quirky <laughs> from <laughs> my online persona, obviously. But I don't think people realize, especially like when you go out to like a party or a cocktail event or, you know, something like that, that I'm definitely full on anxiety about trying to talk to people. And so it was really, I think for anyone listening, 
you know, that experiences this, it's comforting in a way to know that most people at the party are probably feeling the way you are, right? Yeah, and you'll know them. Because if you took a step back, and that's something that I tell people a lot is like reflect first before you act. And all of a sudden, if you're just in in a moment of, okay, I'm not putting any pressure on myself to actually do anything here. I'm just going to observe the room. You'll see, you know, the people who have no problem jumping in there, the super extroverted, you know, super confident people that are just getting into the conversations. And then you'll see the 90% of the other people who are taking a minute because they're freaked out. And those are not your people, you know, because anything, anything you do to help them out is going to be amazing for them. And think about like where you're starting from in terms of, a position of, of solidarity and connection versus trying to talk to the person who's just butterflying around, you know, that maybe you, you get to that person eventually, they'll probably get to you yeah. <laughs> before you get yeah. to them. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's, it's, we're so not alone. There's so many millions of people with social anxiety and social anxiety to social awkwardness, like there's different stages. So maybe someone doesn't identify with social anxiety, awkwardness and the lack of confidence and and just those feelings of, inadequacy in those social situations are so common. Yeah. So what I really want to dive into this, the interview is to help people, give some people some quick tips and tools. And you have so many in the book, different little processes that you teach us in the book um, around how to one, just like the general kind of like network, I'm going to call it networking, but it could be really friends. It doesn't have to be business. Like when you're kind of, whether you're at like a barbecue where you only know like two people, or maybe you're at like a, a, a brand event or something like that, right. Where you want to make connections and you don't know a lot of the people in the room. I want us to go over like, how do we navigate that? Um, and then and then I also want to talk about, because I do think this is like an under discussed topic that I've heard so many of my clients talk about is the like making friends factor. How do we use these tools that you have to make friends? Um, and then lastly, discuss how, how can these same tools that I, that kind of transfer to all of that really relate to our career and really impact. You also talk about how having these relatability skills like completely can shift what's possible for you in your career um so we'll end there so <laughs> let's just to give people a Dude. roadmap okay. of all of the exciting I, I never this. get a roadmap it's exciting <laughs> I know where I'm going normally I'm just like I'll just talk about this next <laughs> I'm uncharacteristically organized today because wow. I love you so I was like I gotta be good <laughs> okay so in the book you have this method called that where it kind of takes you through like connect, communicate, and inspire. Can you break that down a little bit and then maybe how that kind of would relate to the different areas? Yeah. So it was funny. This whole came because I just was observing kind of like what I was saying before is I was observing what is creating relatability? What is creating connections from my observations of watching people and watching groups and trying to figure out, okay, what are the, what are people doing that's really making a difference? And what have I done? Because part of the relatability thing came from Meredith First Sight. When I left, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you were the most relatable expert. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like until I broke it down and was like, what am I doing that's different? Like what, what, how do I show up and how is that impacting my connection? So 
I started out as a keynote um, that I was doing. And, and I, I know a lot of speakers and a lot of gurus have those like acronyms of like spark and star and they're able to like fit like their methodology into it. And I was just like, no, mine is Kakai. So Kakai. <laughs> like, Kakai. It makes me think of like a crow, like Kakai. <laughs> So now everyone's stopped listening because <laughs> I just screamed in their ear. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. But, but it really does, it breaks it down into really three different areas that I saw being the pillars. And connection is in really what we were talking about in the beginning is, is getting a little vulnerable. And I know authenticity has become this buzzword. And I also think that, you know, the one thing that everybody says is like, be yourself. Well, guess what? There's like seven different versions of me in here. You know what I mean? There's the version that shows up with you and laughs my ass off. There's the version that has to hold it together on, you know, live television. There's the, the version of me that was a lawyer and was, you know, really way more buttoned up. And those are all me. It's just, I want to be true to those versions of me and, and really showing up in a way that people know who you are. You know, I want you to know who I am. Like, I want you to read my book and be like, oh my gosh, I feel like I know her. I want you to meet me and be like, oh, you're consistent with who you show up as is on Instagram and all of those things. So connection is really, to me, is connecting from that really core, core level um, and whatever that is. And that can change too, you know, based on how you're feeling that day, but really authentic to what feels good to me. Um, communication is that next pillar of, and obviously this is the short, short version, like you yeah. get this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but communication to me, it's, it's so much more than the words we choose. I, I have a whole chapter on words and semantics because you and I both know, like we've dissected how many texts. So here, <laughs> let me just get real for a second. Yeah. So Cassandra and I are both now engaged. Yeah. However, when we met, we were very single. And we have gone through some shit together. Um, yeah. I don't know if I can say shit. You can say anything. Did. Okay. You can say anything. Yes. We've been but in you the, and I both the trenches. Know, like, we've, we've, gone, we've gone some screenshots. We've interpreted things. Like, we know that we've tapped matter. into someone's energy. Totally. Like, we've got, but that's actually way more, that's where communication comes in. I think it's so much more about energy. And it's so much more about like how we show up energetically to communicate versus like trying to figure out which word should I say now in my text message. Um, and so it's really rethinking how we communicate. And I talk about, you know, presence and adaptability and how we can really shift to show up in a way that people really get us. And we also understand who we are. I did a whole, I have a social superpowers quiz that I created because I want people to understand who they are going into conversations and who other people may be because the way that we show up is very different than somebody else. You know, we are like, you know, kind of weirdos and fun, <laughs> fun weirdos, fun, magical, fun, magical uh, unicorn. Yes. Crazy people, but we're super <laughs> awesome. But we're very different than like a buttoned up, like researcher who just, you know, wants to talk numbers and data. So you got to show up differently. Um, and then inspires the last part, which is really that like light that we shine. And I think there's so many people out there that, that really, um, I think we go on autopilot so often. And if we want to make those connections that matter, and this is probably why everyone loves you and connects with you is you have a light, like you've always had, a, no matter what you were doing. And I know, you know, we both, but we both, we both shifted through different career things. You know, there was TV stuff, there's books and there's, there's Instagram and there's all of these different elements and coaching and acting and 
but everything that you've done, you've always had a light behind it that shined exactly like this is who you are. And this is what, oh my God, I'm getting misty. Oh, this is weird. Um, <laughs> but it's so true. Like you've always had that. And that's something that just draws people in. And so figuring out what that is and how people can embrace, like, even if you feel awkward, even if you feel like you lack confidence, like where's our purpose here? Even if it's for that moment, what's my intention? And really kind of diving into that to make sure that whatever your light is, is being shined. Shined? Is that a word? Or yeah. really I still don't know words. Shine. 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 Never forget it. I'm always going to think of like a crow when I think of you. Right. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um, so that brings me to a, another question that I have that sometimes I personally struggle with this balance in, in I think more, maybe in all, all forms of communication, but I was going to more so I think in the like new form of communication when you're like just getting to know someone is like this balance between like the realness and the authenticity and showing up in that kind of like vulnerable down to earth way and the, like the light, the inspiration, right? Cause I feel like it's this like delicate balance where the part of me that like, just because, you know, both of us have strong lights and we've done a lot of work to make those lights strong. Doesn't mean you can't find us, you know, on a random Tuesday morning, kind of like, you know, grumbling about something in our life or whatever, right? And so it's like, because I find sometimes, you know, depending on when someone gets me, <laughs> it could be like, sometimes the realest thing is like, you know what, I didn't sleep last night, or I mean, this is not true right now. But like, <laughs> it, it could be true that maybe I didn't sleep last night, or maybe I had a frustrating morning, or maybe I'm in the middle of a difficult, whatever situation that's going on. And it's like always finding that balance between like sharing what's real, but also not being like the Debbie Downer. Yeah. And you know what? I honestly, I think even you in your downest times and you still have a light, like you still have, <laughs> it's still you. It doesn't like, just because you have, you have emotions, like a human being doesn't take you away from being this, this purpose-filled person. You know, and, and I think that it's normal and necessary to, to share those moments. And that's something, one, I think you always have to, you have to speak from the scar, not the wound. So maybe not in that moment, because there's a lot of that, you know, verbal dumping that happens on social media or even in friendships. And I think it's really important, depending on the level of friendship, you know, how vulnerable you get is dependent on the levels that you're at. So, you know, there's people that know who you are, that you could come in and be, uh, you know, puddles on the floor. And it's still like, no, 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 she's an amazing, like, she's amazing. And, and there's, you know, all of that backstory and all of that, that foundation to support it. And then, you know, there's people who do this on, on social media, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this is not okay. This isn't, this isn't what I'm talking about. That doesn't, it doesn't connect people to you. It makes them sympathize and it makes them question and it makes yeah. them concern, you know? And so I think it's really understanding, I think there's a benefit and I've done this before on, on certain posts where I'll talk about, you know, past experiences or I'll, I'll express in the moment, even, you know, if I'm having a rough day, but I think it's, it's important to do that because then it, it shatters that image of perfection 
but it doesn't take away from, you know, what is the purpose behind it? And, and I think that's the thing too, if we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it, obviously from a lens of social media, because that's yeah. where so many people are sharing things. But I, I always think, especially once you have identified, like, what is my light? What is my purpose? What's my why? What's yeah. my, I call it the then what, you know, you do all this stuff, but then what, you know, what yeah. are we doing this for? Like, why are we here? Not to get all, <laughs> the whole other episode. Um, but if you're doing it with that behind you still, it's what's the intention behind this? What's the intention behind the share? And if it's for support, if it's for, I, I need somebody to talk to, that's when you call a friend or a loved one or a therapist. You know, if it's, if it's for an intention of this is how I'm, I want to connect with people, this is how I want to, you know, really branch out and, and reach more people, then it has to be with intention. Yeah. And how do you, how do you kind of temper that? Let's say, let's go to that like cocktail party environment. How would you say, you know, you're meeting people for the first time, what's like a good level? Obviously, you're not going to like, you know, tell them about your childhood trauma the first time you meet them or anything like that. But like, what's it happens? (laughs) I know, (laughs) especially if you're us, right? Then sometimes that happens to us. (laughs) Um, But that, you know, we can hold it. (laughs) Even though sometimes don't try this with random folks, guys, please don't try this at Uh, home. (laughs) Don't try this at home. Better in a sacred container. Um, but what do you think? Like, so uh, it's interesting that you say that because I do think about it on the lens of social. I think about it one on the lens of social media, and then I also think about it in the lens of like kind of like the cocktail party, like when you're kind of making small talk with people. And with social media, that's definitely been well, a forever learning like temperament because sometimes when I feel like oh, I'm totally just talking from the scar, I get a lot of sympathy. And then that makes me feel really uncomfortable because I'm like, maybe I did something wrong. They didn't get that this was not like (laughs) something that's going on currently. Um, And I do think that that's like a dance that in this, especially where so we're trained, I guess, especially if you have a business on social media or you're, you're doing it for like coaching or something like that, that we have to be sharing all of this personal stuff. And we see also on social media, some people who are very successful that overshare, you know, and I think it's also just to look at that, like, sometimes those people that you might look up to for having a huge following or something like that, that are oversharers, <laughs> um, people might not be watching them for the right reasons. Train wrecks. Know? It's, yeah. it's like, you, it's like, you can't look away from an accident. It's why Bravo is really popular. You know, no, I listen, I watch Bravo when I need a complete, you know, I need a disconnect from, you know, daily life because it's, it's, you can't look away and listen, I'm not here to judge anybody who that's their model. I just don't find that to be emotionally fulfilling or healthy in the long run. Because at the end of the day, I care about the health of the relationships that people have, not only with other people, but with themselves. And I will tell you that, and this is, you know, I think I use this quote probably twice in the book is, is those large shallow networks feed your ego. It's those deep, really, and it could be a small network that fills your soul. And that's what you have to really focus on is like, why am I doing this? Why am I sharing this? And uh, you know, it, it, we could go into, and, and it, this is probably another, another book is like that, that victim mode versus, 
you know, because there are times and listen, I, I never want to shame victim mode because I think there's a place for it. I think there's absolutely a place for you to just wallow and feel crappy and have those moments. It's who do you share that with? You know, and that's not a cocktail party conversation. That's not an Instagram conversation. That's a, that's a soul sister conversation, you know, and I've called you like that yeah. very few times. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah, like, this is like, my tears go to you like that. They, because that's during the process and I'm going to need support during that. I think when, when you're having that, that bad day, or you're having those moments or you're having a low point and you're going in and your intention is to meet new people you want to attract like a magnet. You're not looking to repel and it's not going to be through negativity, you know? So part of it is shifting. And again, we want to be authentic, right? So we don't want to have to like, just pretend to be happy. You want to try and make yourself happy, or at least in that moment. Again, it could be authentic in that moment. It could be authentic in this feeling and it might not last the entire night. You might leave that party and you might feel really great in that moment and then have to come back and like process through what you were going through before. But I think a lot of times we can shift a lot easier than we think and it's all intention. And, you know, there's no one, no one knows this more than you. I was like, girl, write the books on this shit. It's our intentions going into it. It's like, what is my intention for this engagement? What's my intention for this party? Who am I looking to meet? What am I looking to show up as? What, what version of myself that is real can I show up as? And it doesn't mean that you can't be a little self-deprecating and have those moments of like, it was a rough one, let me tell you. Um, but but still connect from a positive place and set those goals of this is what I'm looking to do here. Well, that kind of connects me to what you talk about in your book around confidence, right? And about how a lot of this kind of goes back to our confidence and our worth. Um, and again, you have a cute little three-step process <laughs> that I love. And I love because when I got to this part of the book, I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't expecting this part of the book as much where I was like, oh, she's going to go there, right? Because this is like, you could dive into the depths of the Trauma. canal around worth and confidence and all this stuff. And it's true that so much... And it's so interesting because I'm going to put myself on blast so much in this, but um, one of the things that I've always said, and I put together more, you know, I think I put together it on certain levels, but then when I was reading this section of the book, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense because I love going places where I have a purpose. So I will, you know, even if I'm speaking for like free, or leading a meditation for free at like a friend's event or something like that, even if it's not like kind of one of those big deals where you get like paid and you know, all that stuff. If I feel like, oh, like I contributed, I had a purpose, I did something, the mingling afterwards is like thousands of times easier for me because now all of a sudden I kind of have my like, you know, and I give a talk, I give a meditation, I got like a certain like mojo going because I'm in my element. And then I can ride that out for the rest of the thing. Also, it enables a lot of other people to just come up and talk to me, which is the best. Um, but but see, so you talk about how so much of this, whether it is at a business event or it's just making a friend in yoga class, um, can really come down to confidence and worth. And the thing I love is I wrote it down because I was like, I don't trust myself to remember everything. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so that's why I'm looking at that. But it's um dig 
fake and focus. <laughs> and I like it because it's very practical and like kind of just how you said before, it's like you can kind of easily move through it. So you want to, for anyone else that struggles with this or struggles with the, the, that social awkwardness or whatever and feels like the confidence in, is, um, how do we dig, fake it, and focus? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, DFF sounds like it could get dirty, so we don't go yeah. the whole. <laughs> I mean, it's I love a little bit, but um, it's the kids' show. No, <laughs> so it's like dig it out, fake it, and then focus on the and focus. Yeah. So, so the dig was I I I quoted Jay Z in this one. It's like you you can't heal what you don't reveal, which is the truth. <laughs> and and you and I both know this, and yes. and I think that that is probably my favorite part of the book that Jay Z made it in it. Uh, <laughs> But this is the part that gets a little deep and, and I did have a lot of trigger warnings here because sometimes what has created that, that I call it a confidence shaped hole. You know, we've talked about God shaped holes, but I think yeah. it's those confidence shaped holes. And this is the craziest thing when people come to me and we're talking about, they're like, but you talk about dating. And I was like, yeah, I talk about dating and relationships. I talk about workplace relationships. I talk about all these, I talk about self relationships. That's the entirety of the problem The across the board has always been self-worth, has always been confidence. I don't care who I'm working with or who I'm talking to. It's a confidence-shaped hole. So it's like that is the, the crust of everything in order to, to really become relatable and be, build these connections. So digging it out is like you have to figure out where it came from because if we don't look at that and we just keep putting a Band-Aid on it, we keep, or we do the push it down effect, which is what my fiance Kevin wants to write a book on. It's like, no, 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 just keep pushing it down. Just keep pushing it down. I was like. Men all over the world worse. will read it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need it. They're already practicing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like, hun, the push it down approach, once you push it down enough, it starts to like, yeah, that gets gross. Like, I, like, I don't want to get erupts this, like this, a volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Eruptions. <laughs> um, so, but you got to dig it out. We have to get to the root. And part of that is just, it's a lot of self-reflection and, you know, it's, it's inner child work. It's, it's all of these deeper things that you can get into and whether you can identify it yourself and really go back. What is that last time that I felt confident and what shifted it? And is that something I can work through by myself or is that something I have to work through with somebody else? And that is not, you know, there is no weakness in saying, I can't do this by myself. You know, I need to, to find support in this one. Um, and then the fake it is something, you know, again, we just talked about authenticity and all of this, you know, being real, but to me, faking is modeling and actually the way that our brains work. So I'm a, I'm a nerd. Um, I research like crazy. There's more end notes in this book than I think like uh, my entire, like the pages of my first book combined, because I was like, no, 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 we're going science. We're going psychology <laughs> on here. I did not spend more money and get a master's for nothing. So, <laughs> but you know, the psychology of fake it till you make it is real. You know, people complain about it all the time, but if you can start to find people that you want to emulate, and it could just be, it could be a, a singular trait of somebody that you're like, that person is cool. And that is someone I want to be like, what's something aspirational, even if it's just a trait, and then take that on and make it your reminder, make that your intention, make it your mantra and work with that for as long as it takes to start to feel it. And then the focus, uh, I actually, I linked a hypnosis. So I got full on woo in this section where I was like, no, 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 we're, we're doing hypnosis here. <laughs> we're, you know, focusing on those good parts of you because 
you, as you know, what you focus on expands and there's the muggle version of it and there's Mm -hmm. the woo version of it. And, you know, both of them are, both of them work. So whether you, you realize, you know, the universal laws and you focus on the more spiritual side of things, that's awesome. You're like ahead of the game. So start doing the work (laughs) or you can be the total muggle and just realize that like, when you buy a car, you bought a silver Prius, all of a sudden that's all you see on the road, you know? So it's like, that's, it's, because you're paying attention to it. It's not because all of a sudden they just need more. It's because you're now aware of it. So yeah. it's DFF literally how, girl, literally how our brain works. Right. Yep. Um, that, yeah, that's, you know, and, and for you guys that are listening that have heard my stuff too, like this is so much of, of like the process that we use for manifesting too. Right. It's looking at essentially what the confident shaped hole would be in some ways could also be like the beliefs and the reasons why you feel like you can't have whatever it is that you can't want. Right. And then your version of like, kind of fake it till you make it would be my like quantum embodiment, which is when we just like envision our 2.0 cells, you envision that yourself, I do this. I definitely use this or I envision the, the part of myself that absolutely has no problem. Like walking through that cocktail party that has like, you know, what I call big dick energy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah, like, you want to talk to me, who wouldn't want to talk to me, right, even if inside, I'm like, oh my god, but like, (laughs) (laughs) right, (laughs) right, um, you know, so, so it's, it's pretty amazing, because the same, and same thing focused on the good, obviously, right, we know, exactly what you said, what you focus on expands. So it's the same way if we're manifesting abundance or love or whatever it is, or health, we focus on where it is working and allow that healing to expand. And how amazing is it that that's really a similar formula for us also so to universal. It's So it's like, the key to life. Yeah. <laughs> All the but things. But we can't the, call it that. Because then right? people will be like, I don't, I'm not going to read that. No, exactly. <laughs> it's not catchable. It's not catchy yeah. enough. It's not specific. Um, <laughs> okay. So now that we have the key to life. Um, <laughs> Check. Now that we got that out of the way, you guys figured it out. It's that simple. simple. Dig it out. Fake it till you make it. Focus on the good. (laughs) Thanks, Rachel. Still buy the book, though, because it goes way more in-depth on it. So you might want those additional tools. Um, (laughs) Okay, so now... Let's, let, I want you to get like one of the things I love about Rachel is that Rachel will literally we, we talked about our like texting years before um before we met our uh future husbands um and Rachel would literally help me like craft text messages <laughs> <laughs> to be like okay like say it this way this that because she just was so genius at finding that like right balance about stuff and also you know Rachel has also helped me she's someone that like recently I had to reach out to some people um and felt really vulnerable I was kind of asking them to refer me uh for a connection and obviously she's my first call and I was like okay how do I do this because like without like chugging a bottle of wine because I'm so (laughs) anxious um to I really you know I struggle to ask people favors um like that and she also helped me kind of find a really like unique kind of way to do it um so I want her to give you some of that genius of hers 
Uh, so let's talk, where should we, so let's talk, let's, let's bring it back to that cocktail party. Are there okay. any kind of like convo starters or like specific kind of little back pocket tricks that you have for people that are entering in either like the cocktail party or like, you know, the barbecue of their new boyfriend or something and just trying to make some good connection, small talk. So it's funny because my initial reaction is, it really is as easy as hi, my name is. And I think we we definitely start to overthink it when we're in these environments. All of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, I have to have this perfect, you know, opening line. And and there's entire books written about this, you know, about conversation starters. But honestly, all we're looking for is just a breach in the wall of connection. And that's honestly just saying, hi, hi, I'm Rachel. Like, what brings you here? Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm with Bob. Kevin, Kevin, I'm with Kevin. <laughs> Who's Bob? I was, like, we have to go. I was like, if I'm playing Rachel myself, sorry, Kev. So, like, I'm, I'm Rachel. I'm, I'm here with Kevin. Like, I, what's your name? You know, there's so many ways to like just make it not as it, you don't have to overthink it. Everybody can remember hi. And then obviously, if that doesn't feel comfortable to you, I always go with the environment. Like, oh my gosh, you know, did you try this? Like, this is so delicious. And make it something positive if you're having, you know, a, a crudite or something. You know, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't have to be this groundbreaking, you know, opening <laughs> comment on something. Nobody's judging you from the first words you say, but they are judging you on how you say it. And that's where I think it's way more important if we're focusing on making that initial connection, focus on the energy that you're putting out there versus the actual words that you say. And so put the smile on your face, make eye contact, even if it's difficult, you don't have to stare them down. I think that's a misconception. People think that eye contact has to last forever. Like actually it's really uncomfortable. So I think I, I actually quoted some of the statistics on this in the book too. It's like a couple seconds and then looking away, but just, you know, a smile and eye contact and a, oh my gosh, did you, did you try this? Did you try, you, you should try this. It's delicious. Or, Hey, I'm Rachel. What's yours? Yeah. That's and it. And what if, what if you're at an event and you want to do deeper networking, whether it's like, you're like, uh, there's like some good business contacts here that I should get to know better. Or maybe it's like kind of what you were talking about before. Like there's someone that you guys follow each other on Instagram, or maybe you're like, I feel like we could be good real life friends, but how do I like get there? Yeah. Is there something else like beyond that? Yes. So obviously you still start at the same spot. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to go up to somebody like, introduce yourself like a normal human. Yeah. (laughs) I I have been stalking you on Instagram for a while. Let me tell you about your breakfast that you had seven posts back. Um, so I love no, it. You, when people do that occasionally some people will come up to me and do that and I love those humans I'm like <laughs> I love how like unashamed you are and I'm like I'll tell you about this breakfast but, but I can't imagine but, we're gonna do that no, like, I most not. people no. yeah so most people if we're coming from a place of like your awkward turtle comments always make me laugh and like I love turtles so <laughs> um but yeah like if you're an awkward turtle and you're like that doesn't feel comfortable if you start with the high but then focus on like once the that wall is broken, that ice is broken, you shift into curiosity. And that's really the intention that you want to go into these conversations is being curious. And I think so oftentimes, like if our intention is to connect with somebody, we're on that goal of like, no, I must make them my friend or I must get the business contact, but that's not going to make them feel good. It's what are we putting, what are we pulling in behind that? What are we putting into that in terms of energy? And that's where I think curiosity 
is like the superpower that everybody needs to create. Mm -hmm. So whatever you can be curious about why they're there. You can be curious about what they're holding. You can be curious about anything that they say then leads you into kind of those follow-up questions of curiosity. And, you know, this is something I say often is that when you're in a conversation with someone, the person who spoke the most is going to rate it the highest, according to research. So you want to get people talking because people feel important when they talk. They feel like you care about them when you have them talking. You don't want to interrogate them. <laughs> so it's not like rapid fire, but if you can actually make them feel, and this is something that, that Kevin, my, my fiance does so well that like, I watched him do it the other day. We were just, we went to grab beers at a bar and he starts talking, he talks to everybody and then complains that he doesn't like people. And I'm like, you're a liar. Um <laughs> But he gets naturally, it's so natural, it's so innate where he gets curious, like, where are you from? Like, and they they feel like the center of the universe in that moment. And they walk away, because I feel that way too, but they all walk away feeling like, wow, like what a great dude. I'm like, yeah. you should live with him. <laughs> <laughs> so so does it matter? I know that I'm just curious about this because I love this concept. Does it matter what they're what the person is talking about do they have to be talking about themselves or just as long as they're talking just talking just yeah. someone talking I mean yeah it's it's just the it's the amount of time that they spend talking in the conversation wow that yeah. is that hack. Is, hack what a hack I love it and that See, we don't even have to talk we could just be awkward turtles in the corner and be like, you just keep talking. You just keep talking. I'm just going to, you know, quietly throw in a couple more questions, you know? And yeah, that's so interesting. And that works for literally the gamut, right? That works, whether it's like a business contact, a friend, potential friend, or even a, a date, right? When you're yeah. on a date, I used to I actually, I remember, gosh, years ago, I think I read this book that said something like the first two dates, like you should almost, not the best word, but like almost be interviewing, right? And just let them tell you everything. And it's kind of a, I mean, it works for anything, not just dating. It's like people will tell you so much if you yeah. just kind of like ask little questions and and, and think about space. how that makes you feel. Like, yeah. Think about how I, I know you and I, we talked about this before where it's like, there's a lot of people that you talk to. There's friends that you have that you're like, I'm just here to listen to you. I don't even think you know what's going on in my life. I'm pretty sure you don't care. And this is why we're not good friends because you don't, there's no curiosity about what's going on. Like there's, I had a friend who we would talk for 45 minutes on occasion and we'd get through 40 minutes of her and then she'd go, oh my gosh, tell me about this. And then whatever I said would turn it back to her. And I'm like, I stopped being friends with her. Like I just stopped talking. I don't want to talk to her because mm -hmm. it doesn't feel good. You know, there's a reciprocity, which eventually happens, you know, typically in, in conscious relationships with two people who care and are curious about each other. But you have to think about like, how does it feel when I'm the center of attention and how can I make somebody else feel like that when I'm trying to really make a good impression? Oh, I love that. And and I have a, another question. This is kind of a rogue question just off Ooh. that. Because uh, 
what do you think about the like sharing a relatable experience right so because I was I was from the school for a while that that helped bond someone but then I've also heard that there's kind of like newer information that has come out saying that sometimes that feels like it negates that person's experience yeah Yeah, like like if I say oh my gosh my arm like I'm getting surgery on my arm next week I can't tell you how many people turn that into yeah I had shoulder surgery and honestly I think it depends on the topic you know what I mean to try to because we as humans we try to see the similar so it's also the reason why typically we are drawn to people who are like us like-minded like looking like there's a definite there's a mirror kind of attraction in relationships in friendships in workplaces too so I think it's our way of trying to mirror somebody but you also want to validate them first I think it's fine to do that and to share experiences because it does let you know that you're you get it um I think it's empathetic in a lot of circumstances but you don't want to overshadow it without validating what they're saying if that makes sense yeah so allow it to be about them for a minute and then you can kind of lace in or if you lace it and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I got arm surgery or whatever one time, you know, how did you find your doctor? Do you like your doctor? And then you kind of like throw the ball back totally. into their court. So it's not. Yeah. So... Yeah. Because we don't want to center ourselves. That's the biggest thing. I think in most conversations, we want to try Like right now, this is so uncomfortable for me because I feel like I'm centering myself. Like these, like doing, and especially like about the book and stuff like that. I'm yeah. like, I'm so excited to talk about it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have this internal clock that's like, shut up, Rachel, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny because I actually uh, met, it, I, we met up with a couple of friends um, and like a little double lunch date or whatever a little bit ago and they're both like we're all like conscious communicators and it was so uncomfortable because you know my friend was like asking us all these questions and then I kept on like trying to like throw the volley back to her <laughs> and like she finally just called me out on it. and she's like Cass I understand that you're really uncomfortable because we're talking about you still <laughs> but I promise we'll get to us in a little <laughs> oh my god that's but awesome it was so funny um but yeah, you have that. there's some people don't have that switch. No, <laughs> so, there's definitely yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. So so I feel like that is there anything okay? So now let's talk about because we kind of talked about I feel like that covers friends and cocktail. Like that's the same way, the same way that you would talk to someone, whether it's at like your aunt's barbecue or at that, you know, event or whatever with work, is really the same way you would make a girlfriend. It would just perhaps be in different environments. So you would maybe seek out the yoga class or seek out like, you know, a like-minded group of of something that you would have like a balance off point, right? Totally. Yeah. And honestly, I think most uh, people make friends at work all the time. So never, you know, underestimate the power of a workplace friendship that can turn into something more. And I think that, you know, it's, it's being open to the possibilities, the, the statistic that still breaks my heart the most. And people are always like, oh my gosh, is that real? I'm like, yeah, one in four people have no friends, like none. Oh. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I would do. I honestly don't know. Like I, there's, 
I feel like a very self-sufficient human being. There are times where I'm definitely more needy than, than others, but like for the most part, I'm self-sufficient. And I think I would, we've said this to each other, like I would die without friends. Like I cannot imagine. So for anybody who's listening to this and doesn't feel like they have that, like just know that you're not alone in that either. And there are people looking and the more that you set that intention to put yourself out there and to be open to friendships, because you might walk into that party or that networking event thinking, I want to make these business contacts, but it could end up providing you something that I think is way more important. Absolutely. And I, I've said this and you can finesse this probably in your more expert way, but um, when I first moved to LA and still now I just moved to Orange County and I have no friends in Orange County. So I have friends, but none of them are here, which means my lack of in-person friends as well, which as we know now from the book also affects our mental health. <laughs> and I definitely have experienced that where I took for granted how easy it was when I was living in Santa Monica that had a lot of friends. I could just like last minute be like, hey, like let's go grab a glass of wine or like let's go when I take a walk and get a coffee and just like talk or whatever. Um, and so other than obviously making it a priority to drive to see my friends, which I do, um, also being vulnerable about that. I found when I moved to Santa Monica from New York and now doing in Orange County, which is, I haven't had that much of a chance because of the pandemic and stuff to do this, but I used to, you know, when I was in environments like that, like I have a couple of close girlfriends, actually the, the couple that I just <laughs> talk to that also started out and even our friendship right started out for me kind of being like clumsily putting myself out there and I actually told this mom <laughs> who now is like one of my dearest friends um we hung out in a couple group environments and at some point we exchanged numbers but like we just nothing ever really happened and then I saw her again in another group environment and we once again we hit it off with the group and I was like I just have to tell you this like I really like you and I think we could be friends. <laughs> and Aww. so I'd really like to hang out one-on-one -on -one if you feel the same. <laughs> Aww, I love you so much. And she was You're like, awesome. oh my God, I love you. Um, and I've done, I like, I don't know. Who's that. that? Like, let us know. <laughs> oh my God. Your old so woman cute. asking if you want to be her friend. But I've told some of my clients about it just because, you know, like, I'm curious if you have a, a better, more like, you know, less clumsy way of doing it. But I've done that with a couple of the girlfriends. Like, even I just went to Mexico with a girlfriend. That was a similar thing where, again, we had like periphery friends and I pretty much just somewhat awkwardly, but genuinely vocalized like, hey, like, I, I feel like we really vibe. Like, let's hang out more, you know? and <laughs> how do I improve upon that it's so freaking cute it's so real I mean especially for you like it's such a real but I I would imagine that that's really hard for some people to express it like that when it you was really I mean? it, it's really hard it's always hard for me yeah. it takes me a minute to work up that courage but but you do it <laughs> because because for me it's actually in a way I think it's like a sneak trick because it's easier for me to just throw that out and say that than for me to it it hurt I'm so sensitive um and so it it hurts me more if I just like instead of communicating that we'll just kind of text someone and try to make plans and then like I don't know 
it's funny because I think I'm probably I've probably been more in my head about making girlfriends than I ever have been about dating in some ways um or at least it feels very more it feels even more vulnerable um because with guys I'm like of course you want to hang out with me but but you know because the other alternative is just like asking them to hang out multiple times and seeing what happens and we both know um from our friends and our lifestyles and stuff that oftentimes like it's not about like us not loving each other. It's just about schedules and logistics and work and other commitments we have in our lives. And so when you have that foundation that you were talking about with someone, it's, you don't take it offense. You get it. It's not a big deal. It's like, whatever. Right. You know, when you're just starting to build that foundation, it's hard to know like, Oh, is this person just like, doesn't really want to hang with me. Um, yeah. So when I do that, it's kind of me getting, putting myself off the hook and kind of putting the ball in their court a little bit more. Yeah. And being like, this is my thought. And if you want to hang, then like, I expect you to also make an effort. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to get my expectations right on the table here. Oh my God. I love it. I, I, listen, I think if, if you, if someone can get that out, it's, it's a, it's brilliant. Like it's absolutely, cause it's endearing and it's honest and it's authentic and it's earnest. And it's all of those, all of those words. And then I also think too, like, if that's too much, I don't think the, the other thing is a bad thing to like, try to make plans or even just start conversations. You know what I mean? I think you can gauge oftentimes and it is like dating. It's like, I just made, I just made a new friend. Um, <laughs> so she and I started, we met on clubhouse and I was talking to her a little bit and I was like, oh my gosh. And she reached out to me. She's like, I think you're a soul sister. And I was like, I don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, I, I, I want to make sure like you and I both have a lot of things pulling at you in terms of time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And now I'm like, oh my God, I love you. Like I, we text all the time and it's like, part of that was just kind of easing into it and starting conversations. And it really was like getting curious or like asking about the days and like asking about what, what are you doing and blah, blah, blah. And like building that up to then, you know, getting together in person or having a FaceTime date or whatever it is. Um, so I think there's definitely other ways to go around it, but why not put yourself out there and just say like, I think we would be great friends. And, you know, part of it too is like, just understanding that some people are jerks <laughs> and like you can get rejected and it's still yeah. going to hurt. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't do it again. So I, I, for anybody who's had that experience and I think we all have, where we're like, Oh my gosh, this could be a great friend. And then all of a sudden you get ghosted and we're like, ghosting happens in friendship too, <laughs> which yeah, it, does. it does. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, understanding and like looking at things from, you know, an open-minded perspective, but however along that continuum you feel the most comfortable and you can start out one place and maybe they're not responding or they're always busy be like you could then throw it out and say hey listen you're like I think we'd be great friends like I'd really like to hang out like let me know um when it would work for you yeah no I think that's you know I think that's yeah and I think I want to have done that too or like I actually had a friend like that where we were just like ships in the night. It like felt like yeah. it was like never happening. And we lived really close to each other. And it was just like, and there wasn't like 
other conversation happening or whatever. And I just kind of called it. <laughs> and uh, I guess maybe I'm more confident than I thought. Uh, I love it. I freaking love it. I was That's just brilliant. like, listen, I feel like we're trying to make this happen. It's not happening. I want you to know that I genuinely want it to happen on my end. Um, so I'm going to keep trying. But if you're just not feeling it, that's okay, too. Um, kind of give them that open out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you you're know, definitely more confident in this than you're letting on. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. I don't know, let's be real here. Um, but, you know, but I, I also kind of goes back to I know what both of us also believe is you know, kind of just like the magic of the universe, right? Whereas like different people are meant to be in your life. And sometimes we think just like with anything in our life, sometimes we think we have the best idea of like, this is the best person to network with, or that's the best person to be friends with, or that's the best guy to date or whatever it is. And it's really not. And yep. if that connection isn't mutual, wherever it is in the spectrum, it has nothing yeah just trust that it wasn't meant yeah. to be and that there's yeah you know that person wasn't meant to be that wasn't your golden key to the promotion or that wasn't your you know the thing that you the friend that you had to make or, or even the guy that you're supposed to be with if it's not if the spark's not mutual and you kind of put yourself in that space then it's just you know redirection yep yeah, I had a conversation with somebody about that this morning. I don't really, I don't do day coaching anymore, but she was talking to somebody new and she's like, can you just look at this text message? And I mean, it was freaking out. Like they had gone on one date. And so I was like, just let it go. Like you responded, you responded with a book. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> <such>. um, <laughs> um, but you know, just let it be. And she's like, I just go about my life. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, we, I think we do. We put so much investment in hope and potential and I love hope and potential but when hope and potential leads to anxiety that's when we have to temper it with pragmatic approaches and logic to know that like yes this person was a very interesting person to me but they might not be meant to be in my life forever and it's the same thing with friends too it's like you and I both have gone through iterations of friends, you know, amongst our, our time together of where yeah. it was like somebody who was like really important in my life is no longer, you know, you have to kind of just understand that there's an ebb and flow in that too. And I think oftentimes we try to hold on to things that aren't meant for us for way too long when we know that it's time to move on because we're afraid of what's next. But now you have Cassandra's approach to making friends <laughs> and I think everybody is better for it. So club them over the head I did something similar too recently I I honestly I've done very similar things of like we should be friends like why aren't we friends I don't understand like what are we what, what are, why are we doing this <laughs> yeah and I think sometimes it's relieving for both people to just be like oh okay because sometimes the other person is also thinking that and maybe that reassurance and it's also just I think we live in such a world like you were talking about with like ghosting and and all of that stuff we live in such a world where it can be so kind of like flaky communication and stuff like that. And so when you have someone like even your friend, which I, I can relate to that, sometimes I feel a little like, I would never be like, I think we're meant to be soul sisters because I feel like that's an aggressive like statement. Yeah. It's a little bit different, I think, to just be like, hey, I think we should hang out more, you know? Start a friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I understand too, because when someone comes at me with that, I would also kind of be like, 
it's intense. Let's see how I feel yeah. about you. you yeah, know? that's like asking me to get married on the first date. Exactly, like, I'm not right? I'm not there it's yet, like, but I let me see the ring. I will give you that crown, but <laughs> you have to earn it. Um, <laughs> but um, but it does it, it does create an endearment, and I have felt that in some of my friendships. I have had some friendships, and even recently that I felt were like kind of held by the other person, like that other person was kind of like moving it along a little bit more. And it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling if you vibe with that person, because then you feel like, oh, wow, this person is like, investing, investing in our friendship, which um, is really something special these days. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, last thing that I, you just brought this up and I know we're a little over time, but, um, of course we are. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You just brought this up and it's one of the, I think one of the genius things that you taught me that I have used both professionally and dating wise and with everything, honestly. And you brought it up with a slight comment about how your friend, client, whatever it was, sent a book to this person, this guy that she was dating or whatever. Um, and I remember you told me, gosh, must've been years upon years ago, where it was something where you just kind of like meet them with where they're at. Oh, poker. Play poker. Yes. So you want to explain this? Because I feel (laughs) like a lot of, I know a lot of my clients that are dating right now could definitely use this, but I think I've actually just, I'll tell you about it. I recently think I just used this professionally too. Oh my God. I love it. Well, it's, it's interesting. Cause I talk about this more in the book and in not a poker way. I forgot I used that reference, but it, <laughs> I totally came back and it was a weird thing. Cause I got a vision of when I was talking to you about it, like where I was in time. So uh, side note, we're going to put that over here. Um, <laughs> but I always say like, don't raise match. Um, so you, you want to make sure that like when you are talking with someone, you're meeting them where they're at and you're responding with pretty much the same amount that they are giving you because otherwise it feels really uncomfortable. And essentially it's like mirroring via text. So you want to, you want to really understand, like if they're writing you a a thumbs worth of words, you know, you put your thumb on the screen and that's about, I don't know, three lines and you come back with a palm. It's like, it's uncomfortable, right? It feels weird. It looks weird. It's, it's not that we have to like aesthetically make the text chain pleasing, but those words are investments. Those are energies. So if you want to really match people and match their energy, especially over text message, you don't want to go over. So you're not raising your, your, your matching. I don't even know if I don't play poker, which is why it's funny that I use a poker reference. I'm like, I think it's match. I think, oh no, you see them. You you see see them. them? Yes. But you know what I mean? I don't, yeah, I don't play poker either, but I got it. I and I think it's just a great rule of thumb because I've seen men in my, now, you know, thank goodness. Um, past those days, but I see that with a lot of my girlfriends and my clients too. And they'll show me, they'll send me the screenshots of the text, right? And you'll be like, oh, okay, you yeah. know, Don't take, do like, that. look at where this person is coming and look at where you're coming, right? And it's one thing for them to like give you like a sentence and you add like a sentence and a couple words, right? And like little by little. And then sometimes people will, you know, just it'll filter yeah. out, but. I also use, so I think this is huge for people to pay attention to when they're dating also because it does, it makes the other person feel uncomfortable. And also it's just a good way to be aware and conscious of like meeting someone where they're at 
and learning how they communicate. And that's also how they're going to receive communication probably best, you know? Yeah, it's the platinum rule. That's what I, I talk about this in the book. It's it's not because the golden rule that we've always been taught is like treat people the way that you want to be treated, which is bullshit. Because if you treat people the way that you want to be treated, all you're focusing on is you. You know, yes, if you're talking about respect and love and kindness and all these like general ways of thinking about it, which is great. But the platinum rule is treat people the way that they need to be treated. And that means meeting them where they're at. It means responding to them in the way that they can handle, pivoting towards them, making sure that the timing works for them instead of like, you know, it's, we might have a lot to say and they're not ready to hear it. So if they're writing you one sentences, it is not time to, you know, land the plane there. (laughs) It's, you're still circling. So, you know, matching. You know, and that was interesting because even in work recently, I've been, I've been emailing with a bunch of different agents and I'm, I'm taking some meetings with different people and yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, And one of the things I did that was, I did kind of your fake it in my quantum embodiment before I was writing these emails and I thought okay not only where do I write from a place of my worth and by the way you guys can do this with dating as well what do I write from when I'm in a place of my worth and confidence but also where do I like considering like that person right so so many people were kind of kind of coaching me on like all these things I needed to make sure I included in the email right to be thorough to make sure I like said all of this stuff and whatever and I was like absolutely not. I'm going to do a really short freaking email because these people are really busy. I also am really busy and don't have time to write a novella. And I'm just going to highlight a couple of little things. Right. And, you know, and, and I felt so confident in that and it, it has, you know, worked well because the responses I get are, I mean, my email is like a maybe like a few sentences, right? Obviously, because I have a, a little bit more to introduce myself. But then like their responses that I'm getting are the same. They're like, kind of just like one sentence, two sentence, a question, like not formal or whatever. And then like meeting them where they're at. It's I love it because it's super easy. Because then I literally can just say like- One sentence. One sentence, <laughs> like literally one sentence, attach it. And I'm like, this works for me as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and so I think it's something that we get to use in all those aspects. We have this like, the, the way that we think sometimes we have to do things is actually from a place of trying to like prove ourselves or, or, you know, over verbalize our own stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think about what my friend sent me (laughs) this morning and I was like, why, why were you sending that? I was like, oh, she's trying to validate herself in that. Like there was a, and I was like, oh, that doesn't, it doesn't come off. Like it comes off, you know, when you're over doing it, you can feel it. So and there's a time and place for that too. You know, there's, if you, if Cassandra sent me a, you know, a, a book, I'd be like, okay, cool. I, I might need to take a minute to read it. <laughs> I would send her a five minute voice memo. Yes. That's what would happen. And then I'd probably send like a little text underneath being like, get to it when you can. Sorry, it's a little long, you know, <laughs> or like, or, or like urgent emergency, please listen in the bathroom now. <laughs> like no kids around, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it's so true. It depends on that, on the relationship so much, you know, but I think we need to kind of pace ourselves. And oftentimes 
when we're building those baby connections, we want to fast track it, but there's no fast track to a real connection. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Rachel, for all of your amazing Thank wisdom you. and insights and, and answering all my questions. Um, you want to tell everyone where they can get relatable and where they can find you and connect with you more? Yes, uh, I'm Rachel D'Alto everywhere. So anywhere you can find me, I am there. Um, Instagram, although I am on Instagram, TikTok has become my new favorite platform. So those are my people over there. Um, <laughs> so much fun. And uh, Relatable is available anywhere books are sold. I love saying that. Um, but <laughs> apparently Amazon matters a lot for like- <laughs> Yeah, for pre-orders, yeah. Which feels horrible to say that, but yeah, it is. So ordered on Amazon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put like, all the I'll links below. That. I'll put the Amazon link there. Just there it is. It's just this stuff matters. I don't know. It's so does. silly, but it we gotta does. play the game. We gotta play the Earth games. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, I love you. I love you too. This was fantastic. And you guys, um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, feel free to leave any comments below. Um, I'll try to answer them as best as I can. And I can easily track down Rachel if I get stumped. Um, and definitely check out her book and just follow her. She also has, you know, she's always giving both on Instagram and TikTok. She's always giving just really helpful nuggets of wisdom um, to help you with all of your relationships. So <laughs> thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Mama. <laughs>